Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of In Depth with Beth and Seth. And this is our Palm Sunday 2021 edition. And it is wonderful to be with you for these 20 or so minutes together. My name is Seth Patterson, and I am your Minister for Spiritual Formation and Theater. And today we're talking with and about Beth Hoffman Faith. I guess we're talking with you and about your sermon. Hi, Beth. Well, hello, Seth. (laughs) Thank you for that introduction. You're welcome. Talking with and about me, or the words I spoke. It's always a joy to be with you and to talk to our listeners about what either we preached or heard the Sunday prior. So I am glad to be with you. You preached yesterday, which was March 28th, 2021, and it was Palm Sunday, amazingly. Somehow we got to Palm Sunday. And as much as we've been talking about Lent, this one's sure snuck up on me. Mm-hmm. And you preached from Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. And this is the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem that begins Holy Week and that moves on to Good Friday and ends on Easter, which is a week from Palm Sunday. So that is the context. We hope that you listen to it so that some of the things we're talking about may make a little more sense. And it's a very good sermon, so it's worth listening to or reading. To begin, Beth, what I would like to know is there's certain of these times of the church calendar year where we do the same thing every year. There's some joy in that resting in familiarity, in looking at things in potentially new ways. But Palm Sunday is always about this same thing. How did you get to the place of uh, writing this sermon called protest or parade or parade or protest? Parade or protest? How did you get to this from this very familiar? And you've been doing this a couple years. This is not your first Palm Sunday rodeo, as they say. How did you get to this? I think it's a good question because we do have certain Sundays of the year where predictable scripture will be the focus. And I think it's the kind of the gift and the miracle of scripture is that you bring to the text, whatever is relevant at the time. So I came to this Palm Sunday text where Jesus is entering Jerusalem. And this particular pericope few verses really focuses on Jesus acquiring the cult and how he the he sends the disciples to get it and what they're supposed to say. And that takes up a lot of these scriptures. And there's just a little piece about the crowd that gathered and what they had done and that they had laid down their cloaks and cut branches, which we now assimilate to being palm branches. And and it does it doesn't say palms. No, it doesn't. Which is I think new for many people. But I guess that is what captured me this This year in this reading was the people gathering to welcome in this, as I named him, mysterious stranger that was supposedly some embodiment of God and what they were bringing to that time, as well as thinking about what is happening in our time and coming to Palm Sunday, having not one, but two very media-oriented, dramatic death via gun violence, first in outside of Atlanta that was really targeted against Asian Americans and then in Boulder. And that just made me pause because as I talk about in the sermon several years ago, I preached 
Palm Sunday at Plymouth the day after March for Our Lives, which was an organized parade slash protest regarding gun violence. And so that's where the pieces began to kind of put together. Like for me, lamenting around nothing has changed. Then also kind of thinking about how much our lives have been shaped by protest this year. And also thinking about the people in this Palm Sunday story and why they showed up to welcome Jesus in. It wasn't necessarily because they just wanted a new friend. It was because they were really uh, upset by status quo. Yeah, the context of this is a occupied people under an empire who, who are hurting. Mm-hmm. The Roman Empire was not good for the people of Israel, of Palestine, of Jerusalem. And right. And it's not lost on me, and I didn't go there in this in this sermon, but it was certainly not lost on me that these are the same people who days, weeks, we don't really know timing, but in our modern day world, we think of it as days, days later are the ones who are shouting for Jesus to be crucified. Yeah. So in this moment that they're laying down their cloaks and their branches, And I suggest that in that laying down is symbolic of the other things they are trying to lay down to their feeling of oppression of basic need. In that moment, they're really wanting something from Jesus and then something shifts and they, they turn against Jesus, which isn't also uncommon of what happens in our real life, right? We can feel one day very strongly and stand up and shout. And then the next week we might be singing a very different tune. Historians and scholars have said that it is very likely that whenever this story happened on the other side of the city, there was the governor entering in a much different parade, and that this was a purposeful mimicry of that. And, and instead of riding in on a stallion or behind a chariot with legions, it was a donkey or a colt. Mm. So that's part of the story. And in teaching confirmation, I was asked, why because we were talking about holy. And one of the very wise eighth graders said, so why is it that he was so celebrated? And then they all decided to kill him. And I said, sort of without thinking, I said, maybe they were disappointed that this mimicked parade, this other version of a parade didn't change everything. Mm. But they celebrated his entry. They celebrated this. And then their lives were the same. And he didn't show up with an army. And he didn't overthrow. And he didn't change everything immediately by himself. So they were disappointed and angry. Well, he certainly wasn't the savior that they were anticipating. I would agree with that. No, that's true. You also, I really, again, going back to the title, this parade or protest, I like this concept. I like the idea that these two things look very much the same and sometimes can have similar elements. I've been to many protests, like you talked about, where it has been protesting something very difficult, but in the inside of the march is very difficult joyful and people are laughing and people are talking to each other and relationships are being started. And yeah, that these two things, it's sort of the difference between laughing and crying. They're so similar. Well, and that really came from an article that you sent me, Seth, uh, early last week, or I don't know, sometime before I started writing this sermon. You sent me an article written by your friend Vince around how to throw a party in the middle of a pandemic. And there was a line in that article 
that really struck me, and it was actually a reference to a former professor of yours, mentor of yours, mm-hmm. too, I know, where to the preaching class, she's saying, you guys, you're really good at pointing out the evil in the world and all that's going <laughs> wrong and the despair, but you're kind of lacking on good news. And I, I have really been ruminating on that because, you know, this whole year of pandemic and racial reckoning and uh, really beginning to uncover the horrible inconsistencies in the way we live in the world. We, I think, as preachers have been trying to unveil the spaces, the difficult spaces. And I think we have attempted to throw in occasional good news and words of hope in there, but but it hasn't <laughs> yeah. been, you know, we're all kind of lacking in that compartment, I think. And so those words just resonated with me. And I, I think about Palm Sunday and how everybody wishes it could have been like previous years where we come to the church and it is a day of celebration. And, you know, everybody of all ages gets a palm and we, you know, we pretend that we're processing too. And it's a day of great joy. I believe that the people who showed up to welcome Jesus in were holding that too. They were holding that with all the pain that they carry. They were holding hope and anticipation and that aspect of joy. And you're right. I've been to many protests that, as I said in the sermon, have been intense and intentional. And at the same time, there have been these beautiful moments of joy embodied, like people coming together, raising their voices, feeling empowered. There's joy there. Yeah. The reference you're making, Vince Amlin of Gilead Church in Chicago, if you're curious about where he comes from. He's a friend of mine and a wise, he's a wise guy, I'd say. And And he likes to throw a good party. He so. does. Uh, they they very much are in this. Jim Lenfesty has the beginning of a poem. And the first lines really resonate with me, and I use it a lot, and I think are apt to this. And it is, I carry the grief of the world in a joyful body. Mm. What should I do? And it's that constant tension that we're feeling in the moments of anguish and lament, you can laugh. Mm. In the times of great joy, you can feel loss. And how do we live that? How do we embody that? In this protest parade dynamic and the fine line between them, I think is such a great idea of how we can do that. They look the same. Mm. They sound the same. They can feel the same, but it's that holding the joy of the, the grief of the world in a joyful body. And we try, you're right. We've been talking a lot about the griefs of the world. And we're trying to hold those in joyful bodies and ask people to do so as well. That's hard to communicate over video. It's hard to communicate not when we're in community. And so it could sound like we're just beating this drum of of awfulness, which I guess in some ways we are. You talk a bit about this towards the end of your sermon, and you talk about the word Hosanna. Can you define Hosanna for us? Because I think it's different than what we think it is. Well, right. And you and I were talking before we started recording that we we shout this word Hosanna as if it's a word of praise, of, of joyful exuberation. But yeah. Hosanna translated means save us, we pray. Uh, you named it as a, a lament. I called it a plea. Save mm-hmm. us, we pray. Hosanna. That's a powerful word that I don't think we have fully mm-hmm. investigated or understood. So and these people, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and as you wisely say, we do not cry this is a quote, we do not cry out to be saved if we want things to remain the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't shout Hosanna if we're happy with things, even if though that's how we often do use it. Right. If we're brave enough to say, save us, we're ready for things to be different. 
And so again, that imagery of the people, you know, as I imagine lining the streets and having laid down the coats off their back and branches that they cut and seeing, you know, Jesus come in on this humble colt shouting at him to please save us. This, what is right now is not what we want it to be. So enter in, O Holy One, and save us, change us, make it different, help us make it different. Help us make it different. And then you, right after that, you say a parade or protest, they both involve community, Mm -hmm. which is something that we do say a lot. I think that's maybe how we've attempted to deal with the many scourges that we are naming is to remind us that we're not alone in them. Even though we cannot gather in person as community, we are community. And that is how a parade is a group of people. A protest is a group of people. They are both acts of community. And I think that really struck me. And you say, because love known, realized, shared, and understood is what will save us. And that comes from really two places, God Mm -hmm. and community, community, relationship. Yes. And we've learned some things about resilience this year, you know, and that things are very slow to change. In my example around March for Our Lives three years ago, coupled with these horrible violent acts of the last couple of weeks with nothing really changing around gun violence and common sense gun laws, reminds us that we we need resilience in our life. We need to keep showing up. Change is not going to happen overnight. You know, tell that to our siblings of color who who have endured centuries of oppression. And we are not to give up though. We can't lose our desire for things to be different and our energy to do something about Mm -hmm. it even if we don't know what it is and that's part of what community is we come together and we say i don't know what to do and somebody says i don't either but here's an idea and somebody says oh and then the idea can take shape and form the conversation can work and then we can come out of it saying here's something we could try doing Mm-hmm. Here's how we can be we together, how we can use this institutional or social capital that we have as a group of people to maybe make a mark in the thing we're trying to change. Because I can't do it alone. Can you? Oh, gosh, no. And that is the power oh, of the church. I say yes. <laughs> <laughs> to me, and that, that's what I tried to, to also articulate at the beginning. You know, this beautiful word phrase, what are you carrying that Duane offered to us on his first Sunday with us. And, you know, the question that we can continue to, to ask one another as a way to encourage one another to keep showing up because sometimes our burdens are just so heavy and we cannot bear them alone. So if we have people with whom to walk and to lighten our load, that to me is gift. And that to me is church. Yeah. We don't have to agree with each other on every single issue in order to be those people for each other. Well, we should all be very relieved at that because I know there's a lot of different <laughs> understandings about all kinds of things that happen within our Plymouth community. And yeah, you're right. That's what makes us diverse and dynamic. Thank you, Beth, for this conversation. And thank you for writing a Palm Sunday sermon worth talking about. Thank you to everybody who's listening. If you find this useful, please share it with others. If you find the sermons to be useful, you can share those with others as well. And if you don't know how to do it, please contact us and we'll help you do so. Blessings to you all this Holy Week. May each day bring its own meaning as we move uh, from Palm Sunday to Easter.